Welcome to the Real Marathon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best in film each and every week. I'm your host, Rob Carraher, and this week we are going to be talking about the Oscar-nominated short films. Um, what it, It's really interesting because these categories generally include a bunch of films that people just don't watch, um, and I think it's a a sect of the film industry that we probably should put a little bit more um, thought or not thought, I guess, more uh, emphasis on because there are a lot of really, really high quality um, films that are being made in the short form. Um, And people just don't see them unless uh, you're going to see a Pixar or Disney movie where they play one beforehand, um, you just don't typically fire them up on on your streaming services, or you don't really have the opportunity to see them in theaters. And uh, it's one of those kind of blind spots for me where I'm not I'm not uh, able to see a lot of these until it comes to Oscar time. So one thing I think that I am going to be searching out over the course of the next year is opportunities to see more short films and kind of see what other stuff is out there. Because it's a little disappointing that really the only short films that I end up getting to see are the ones that are nominated. And um, now I think with the platforms like uh, Disney Plus and Netflix and Hulu and HBO, Hopefully some of these short films will start getting picked up and played on these platforms. Netflix has a whole bunch um, that are are on their streaming service, and uh, it'd be cool to to watch more of these. It's the sort of thing where you may not have a bunch of time, but want to watch something. Like, there's times where it gets to be about, like, 9, 9 o'clock at night, and I'm like, I don't really want to start a movie, um, and I'd like to watch something this would be a great opportunity to watch a short film. Um, and there seems to be a lot of really great ones out there. One of the things that I'm a little disappointed in myself for when it came to um, attending the Sundance Film Festival this year was that I didn't watch as many short films as I wanted to. I actually watched two of them, um, but they had like 50 films, 50 short films, and I, I could have been watching those in between or um, when I only had a little bit of time. And I just didn't end up doing it because uh, they were available throughout the entirety of the festival, um, and I didn't have to watch them during a certain time frame. So uh, I think going forward, I would like to uh, I would like to spend more time watching some short films, maybe as kind of filler. Um, when I don't feel like sitting down to watch a two-hour movie, I can throw something on that's a half an hour or less, because um, in many cases that is the case. Um, so, our topic today is going to be uh, dissecting each of these categories, the best animated short films, best live action, and best documentary, um, and I'll just kind of split it up in that way. Uh one thing that I did find to be interesting and kind of plays into the narrative that uh, I believe we do too much to separate 
um, foreign language films, films from other countries that happen to be mostly subtitled. Uh, we don't recognize some of the best films in the best picture category. In recent years, we've been doing a better job of that by uh, including films like Parasite and a few years back, Roma. Um, and so I'm thinking we're going to start to see that. Uh, but uh, it, it still seems like there's an excuse not to nominate those films in Best Picture because there's a separate category specifically for them. And uh, honestly, it's a little bit of a disservice to uh, the film world when we... we almost have to, I shouldn't say dumb ourselves down, um, but when we let the idea of reading subtitles uh, get in the way of experiencing um, other cultures around the world, uh, I think we, we really kind of pigeonhole ourselves into only taking a look at the American perspective of things. And, uh, or a english-speaking perspective and so i am hopeful that uh some of the other categories can start to mirror what we see in the short films where um at least half of the the films that we we see uh are in a, in a different language other than english or at least partially in a different language um and and I, I hope that that continues to uh, be reflective in some of these other categories. The documentary category at the Oscars already kind of matches this idea. Um, but uh, I'd like to see it start to be more reflected in uh, some of the acting categories. Yeah, we get them every once in a while. Um, obviously, best picture. Uh, seeing this take place in the screenplay categories. Um, it, it just that there, it, it is impossible. It's impossible to make the argument that the best films every year and the best performances every year come from only English speaking films. So, um, that is my hope. And, uh, I wanted to make sure to touch on that here, uh, as we talk about some of these short films, because I think they do a pretty good job of um, representing many diversities and showing that a lot of the um, concerns and problems that we see in the United States are universal problems. And there are, yes, there are some unique things that make them unique to the United States, but the same sorts of uh, discriminations uh, are and power trips are being uh, portrayed um, in these films from all around the world. And I think being able to present that to an American audience uh, helps us to realize that we aren't that different and maybe starts to um, dismantle the idea that Americans somehow are subconsciously better than uh, other other countries because I think that is a bad narrative that we have going on in our country right now. 
Um, so when we come back from this break, I am going to be talking about the animated films to start out. And uh, I will highlight some of the ones that I think were great. And um, even though next week uh, I will be giving a rundown of everything that I think is going to win and what should win, I'll probably do a little bit, little bit of that with the short films here today. So when we come back from this break, we are talking animated films. And we are back talking about the Oscar-nominated uh, animated films, short animated films. Um, out of all of the categories uh, for the shorts, this was easily my least favorite. And I don't know if um, it just wasn't as good of a, a year for animated films, but um, most of them really didn't connect with me. Uh, even my favorite, uh, I, I felt like it was maybe missing something that made it have the full emotional, uh, attachment that it is going for. Um, but, uh, it's not to say that these films are bad. They just, they didn't have the same pull that, uh, the the films and the other two short categories have and maybe that's the case every year um, I, I will admit that I have neglected this category in recent years um, as I just didn't have as much time to see all the films and so these are understandably the ones that I often uh, did not investigate as much um, with that said uh, I did get a chance to watch one other short animated film that didn't get nominated but was on the short list, and uh, I felt as though it probably should have been included, um, and that was a Disney film, I believe it's called Out, um, that, has, that I thought was entertaining, it had some humor, and it had a great message, and frankly, out of all of the films that actually were nominated. If I were a voter and that film had been nominated, I would have voted for that film. So I know there's other good animated films out there. They just didn't necessarily happen to get nominated. But I'm going to start with a film that I think is the best of the bunch, and it probably will win. It is If Anything Happens, I Love You, and you can watch this short film on Netflix. It is a uh, very well illustrated and interesting animated film in the visual sense. And it takes the topic of uh, gun violence in our country and the emotional burden that it places on people despite, I mean, even beyond the, uh, the physical burden that that we have to deal with and the idea of death. Um, and it, it's pretty understated to be completely honest. 
Uh, it doesn't have words, and so it's a very visual experience. Um, there is some music, um, but like I said earlier, it still felt as though it was missing just a little of something, and um, it could have maybe been a little more powerful. Um, there might be a lot of people that disagree with me, and maybe uh, as I was watching it, um, it just wasn't the right time for me to uh, accept this. And maybe it also is a response to a almost numb feeling um, based upon the fact that these shootings, these mass shootings are happening on a more regular basis. And so uh, understandably, as a society, even though we shouldn't be coming more numb to it, we are. Um, just because in order to cope with the fact that they keep happening, um, there is a almost protection mechanism that uh, that makes us feel a little bit numb to it. But with that said, this film is obviously very timely, and the fact that the uh, the voting window is open right now, in the midst of a lot of these mass shootings starting to pop back up post pandemic, um, I think that it would be uh, foolish to bet against this film winning best animated best animated film. Um, and I, I, I just don't think the Academy is going to miss that opportunity to vote for this. On top of the fact that it is a Netflix film, and when we're talking about short films, they're going to have the money to campaign for a film like this. Whereas some of these others, they they aren't supported by um, a big company. With the exception of this next film that I'm going to talk about, which is Burrow. Um, and this is a Disney Plus or a Disney film. It was supposed to be the film that would have played in the movie theaters before the uh, film Soul. Um, but because that didn't come out as a movie theater film, um, they, they just released it on Disney Plus as a standalone short. And uh, it's a cute film. It really is. Uh, I don't have any, anything against it. It's very well done. Um, it has a pretty good message about community and uh, kind of taking care of each other and the idea that we all are better when we accept each other and even, even in our differences and we work together as a community. And so, um, that I think is a potential for this film to win. If, if I had to pick a runner up or the film that could end up surprising, it would be this film Burrow, um, which is about a little, rabbit who is uh trying to create its home and keeps kind of uh running into other people within other animals within its community um anyway like i said it's a cute film um and you can watch that one on disney plus the next film that i uh probably would put as my third film is a film called genius Lo loki um and 
this is a pretty abstract film. Um, it's interesting from a visual standpoint, the uh, sounds that are part of the, the experience. Um, they, they're, they're pretty well done. Uh, I didn't quite wrap my head around what they were ultimately going for with this film. Um, not to say that that makes it bad because it, it is a piece of art and, uh, sometimes that is kind of what it's all about. And when it comes to an animated film, you really have a platform to be able to, uh, kind of just play with things and create some pretty cool, uh, visuals. And I think they do that with this. Um, but because it does lack in a true narrative and uh, the, there isn't a strong message, um, I just don't, I don't see this one really being a threat to be able to win this category. Um, maybe in a year where uh, things may not be as politically driven, this is the sort of film that could come in and win. Just don't think it's going to happen with this, with this film. Uh, the next film is a uh, short called Opera. And essentially, it kind of just reminded me of, it almost reminded me of a little video game. And just watching a vi video game, like a simulation video game playing out. Um, we see just essentially life taking place, but it's set up in kind of this little pyramid and um, I, I think it's really trying to push the narrative of uh, kind of this hierarchy and how uh, um, the powers that be, they create this uh, life for the average common person that pits everyone against other people. And the conflict that that creates while at the top, they are very much uh, just, you know, that <laughs> they're reaping the benefits from that. Um, so it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. Um, but it felt like they could have shown or done more. Um, I've never seen anything quite like it in terms of an actual film, um, which makes it unique. Uh, and I understand why it got nominated, but um, it it still just leaves a lot to be desired in terms of its purpose. Uh, it felt just very observational. Um, it's the sort of thing like I think I don't know if you've been to um, museums where uh, they have like little figurines and um, show like these towns. Uh, it kind of felt like that. It just felt very observational. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's just that when it comes to creating a film, um, there needs to be, I think, a little bit more behind that. Yeah, there's a purpose here, and I, I recognize that purpose. But uh, at the same, it needs to be, I feel like, pushed forward a little bit. Maybe that's my bias coming through. Um, I still haven't quite figured out how to uh, analyze short films in the same way that I analyze full-length films. 
um, in, in particular when it comes to animation. Because um, I think animated films are a little bit harder in general to analyze in a non-biased manner. But uh, that that is how I feel about the film Opera. Um, both Genius Loki and Opera, I do not know that you can get those films on any of the streaming platforms or for free. Um, I did rent uh, the animated package of short films from uh, the film streams theaters uh, on demand uh, website and so that's a local Omaha uh, independent theater and they have some films that you can rent on there and so they were offering all of the short programs through that and so I did see it through that the same is same is true with uh, the final film which is called Yes People. It's an Icelandic film. And frankly, this was not that great of a film. Um, didn't seem like there was... It was kind of just observational. Um, and it didn't seem like it had as much of a greater purpose other than to just see people living their everyday lives. And it was frankly a little... I don't know. It kind of felt a little depressing, um, and and maybe a little too focused on uh, just kind of the everyday lull that people go through, um, and the frustrations with that. Uh, yeah, out of the five, this was easily my least favorite. And when there are films like Out that didn't get nominated, um, it's a little disappointing to see this sort of film get nominated. Um, one thing I do want to mention though is each of these films were unique in their animation styles and maybe that is the reason that they all got nominated. Um, they all had a very different feel and um, maybe that is something that I should be more focused in on is the animation aspect of it uh, rather than what it's trying to say. Um, and so I am very willing to uh, give credit where credit is due and say that all five of these films, uh, they, they definitely have a tone in terms of the way that they are being uh, portrayed. And um, they do that, that very, very well. Uh, so once again, I think the best of the bunch is... Uh, if Anything Happens, I Love You, which you can see on Netflix. And I highly recommend checking that one out before the Oscars next week. So when we return from this break, we are going to be talking about the live action shorts program. And I will give my opinions on each of those films as well. Stay right there. action films. I really liked this category. 
Um, in fact, I thought all of the films were pretty good, which leads me to believe that there were probably a lot of other good films out there that, that didn't make the cut. Um, I definitely had a favorite. Uh, I had a couple films that I think both would be very worthy of winning this. Um, but uh, like I said, I, I liked everything that was a part of this category. Um, there are a few that are available on Netflix. Um, there's one that's just available on their website for free. And um, the others, uh, there's one that they say is available on um, something called Topic. Once again, I watched this as a package deal through Filmstreams. Um, but uh, then there's another that... I think that you have to see through uh, the, the like a, a package deal like this. So um, let's first start with the two that you can watch on Netflix. Uh, the first is called The Present, and this really deals with the life of um, living on the West Bank in the Middle East and just how uh, it it requires so much jumping through hoops um, just to live your everyday life there. I think that that is something that um, we, we probably don't have as good of a understanding here in the United States since we are pretty free to travel wherever we, ever we want throughout this country. Um, but this really shows just the inconvenience and the power trip that uh, it takes for a person to do something as simple as going and buying a present for their spouse on uh, their anniversary. Um, or going to get groceries, and the burden that that places on families. Um, and so this film probably is the least uh, narrative-driven out of the three, I mean, out of the five, but uh, it, I think it's done very well and really shows a good... Uh, representation of what it might be like to live in this area and have to deal with this on a day-to-day -day basis. It has some really good performances, um, and uh, yeah, it was just a, it was an interesting film. Um, the other Netflix film is called Two Distant Strangers, and this is a pretty stylized film that is very much about. Uh, the relationship between black people and the police in this country and um, it has a very political statement. Uh, I can see where there are probably some people that feel like this may be a little disingenuous um, or trying to push an agenda a little too much, but I imagine this is going to be the winner. Number one, it is made by Netflix. Number two, it is just the right time for this film to be recognized. Um, 
and uh, I it's a very very well made film. It looks good, um, and uh, it, it takes a topic that is uh, heavy and allows it to not be so much that. Uh, yeah, it still is heavy, but um, there is a lighthearted feel at times that allows us to uh, be able to digest what we are seeing um, in a little easier manner. Um, so those are the two Netflix films. Now, the film that I would probably be voting for um, if I were a voter is a film called The Letter Room. And this is, uh, this one has Oscar Isaac, uh, the actor Oscar Isaac as its main star. Um, and it's nuanced approach to the way that we see prison and the way that we see prisoners and those who are on death row, uh, I think is an important message. And something that we maybe don't recognize as much um, from short films is that it requires you to be able to tell a story without as much time and uh, do it in a, a way that is still very effective. And this film, I feel like, uh, is of equal quality to just about anything that you're going to see that's feature length. Um, and it it is just able to send a very powerful message um, that is in line with how I feel um, and allows us to think about uh, these prisoners as people. Um, and it's just, it's a well-made, cool film. Um, and I really, really liked it. And I think that that would be the one that I would pick. I think there is an outside shot that this wins. And if it weren't for the current political climate and the opportunity for the Academy to, uh, to give an award to two distant strangers and show that, hey, this is an important issue to us, um, I think The Letter Room would probably win in most years. Uh, just that sort of film. Um, and that one is the one that is available on uh, apparently a website called Topic uh, if you wanted to to see that film. Um, otherwise, yeah, you can get it as part of this package. And frankly, it's worth uh, renting this, this short program um, from the film streams or wherever you like to rent these sorts of things uh, because they're all very, very good. Um, the next film that I want to talk about here is called Feeling Through. Um, Feeling Through is a it's a free one that you can find on their website feelingthrough.com and this is probably the most feel good of the the films because it um, it it has a really beautiful message about doing the right thing. Um, we, we follow this young man who's kind of down on his luck and he, uh, meets this, um, deaf and blind man who needs some assistance in getting home and he helps him kind of get through all of this, um, even though it puts him at a disadvantage. Uh, so 
I I don't know. I really, really liked it. I saw this film before the others, and I really liked this film. And this is easily my third favorite of the bunch. Um, right after The Letter Room and Two Distant Strangers. Uh, I... Uh, this is the sort of movie that I would play for for my uh, my students, um, just because I really like the message that it sends, um, and it like I said, it's a feel good feel good sort of film. Um, don't I don't think it's going to end up winning uh, just because the other two are a little too powerful in terms of what they are trying to say, and then the last film is called White Eye, and this is also a pretty powerful film. Uh, it takes place in Tel Aviv, and um, it is very much about how our own agendas, our own selfishness, even if it's not meant to be... Uh, not to hurt other people can have an impact on others um, that that don't deserve to meet the consequences that um, sometimes come to them and how when we make assumptions about things we can create far worse problems and the guilt that may come along with that um, but how easy it is to just kind of go about our lives without, uh, you know, without really missing a beat. Yeah, for a moment, maybe we feel bad, but we, we get to uh, continue on and, and don't have to face those consequences. And even though this doesn't take place in the United States, I feel like it has a big message that uh, we can learn, learn from. And um, I really liked this film as well. Um, out of the the bunch, um, I would probably make this my fourth film. And so, if I ranked them, I would say the best is the, the Letter Room, Two Distant Strangers, Feeling Through, Wide Eye, and then The Present. And uh, but they are all very very good and worthwhile watching. And I highly recommend checking some, if not all of them out when you get a chance. So when we return from this break, we are going to finish things off by talking about the documentary short films. Um, so stick right there. And we will be right back. about documentaries. Uh, I have a special place in my heart for documentaries and I probably like them um, a little bit more than the average uh, movie watcher. I like it though because it takes my interest in uh, the world and it kind of marries it to 
my love of film and allows me to really focus on both at the same time. Whereas you can't always do that with a dramatic film. Sometimes you can, and uh, I think it's very apparent that I've been able to talk about a lot of those things. But documentaries often are able to do this in a uh, a more in-your-face sort of way without it being kind of eye-rolling. Um, so, and the other part about it is that uh, there are some stories that get heard through documentaries that often will not get heard as a dramatic film, um, simply because of just the way that they need to be told. So kind of like the live action category, I really thought all of these films were great. Um, there is... A film that I watched thinking that it would probably make the cut called The Speed Cubers, which is on Netflix, and it did not. Um, and I highly recommend watching that one as well. Uh, it's a little bit more feel-good um, and has a slightly different uh, approach than the films that, that actually did get nominated. So check that one out. But um, as for the films that actually did get nominated, uh, the New York Times made some smaller documentaries and one of them is a film called a concerto is a conversation and it's a well well done film um but it's not very long and i think that works to its disadvantage um out of all of the ones that uh were nominated this was my least favorite and i think it has a lot to do with uh, it just needed more. I wanted more of the stories of these two people that it uh, really digs into. It would have made, a, I think, a beautiful full feature uh, documentary um, because you could have really dug into the um, backstories of Chris Bowers, who is a... Uh, well-known composer who is uh been oscar nominated in fact i think that he even has won an oscar um and it it would have been cool to look into his story uh it's also about his grandfather um and it would have been cooler to look into his story and i think that its message would be would have been a little stronger if it had a little more time to really unpack what it was trying to say um, because it's very much about the Jim Crow South and uh, how his grandfather was able to get around that and the opportunities that it allowed for Chris Bowers to have as a result. Um, still worth watching, um, and you can watch that on New York Times um, website uh, as one of their op docs. Um, the next film that... Uh, is probably my fourth favorite of the bunch is a film called Colette. And Colette can be seen on the Guardian's website. Um, Colette is a film about a woman whose brother was killed in the Holocaust and she had never been to Germany um, since all of that had happened to visit. And, um, so she goes with a, 
a researcher who was specifically researching her brother's life and experience in the Holocaust and they visit this site and it's a very emotional emotional experience um, it's not to take anything away from the conversation that takes place within the film but we have often uh, taken a look at the events of the Holocaust and it's important that we continue to still talk about it but while this is a really well-made film um, and uh, talks about some really important things um, it doesn't necessarily bring a new angle to the conversation and uh, I think that that probably holds it back a little bit still it's a very very well-made film and worth watching so that is Colette um, and you, like I said you can watch that on The Guardian um, the next film is called Do Not Split, and it is uh, available on uh, Vimeo. If you would like to watch it there, you can watch it there. Um, and this is a look at the uh, Hong, or Hong Kong's pro-democracy protests and uh, how the people of Hong Kong, as they were getting brought into the communistic government of China, how they fought back. And I think the thing that I found to be most striking about this film is just how closely related it is to what has been happening in this country. Not so much uh, in terms of the way that our government is acting, but the way in which the police there uh, act very similar to the police that we have here when it comes to protests and um, how there seems to be an abuse of power. Um, and so I, I felt basically the entire time like I was making comparisons to what we see play out here in this country. Um, and it, it really, I think is a, a look at how, you know, this desire for, uh, institutions to control people and, um, make them act in a certain way or be a certain way is a problem. Um, and that is on full, full display here in this film. Uh, it is definitely worth a watch. Uh, and how people are willing to keep fighting despite knowing that they are in a, in a losing battle. Um, it's really a show of courage. The film that I would rank second is a film called Hunger Ward. And in many years, I probably would have voted for this film as my top film. Um, you can watch this on Pluto.tv. And Hunger Ward is, it's the longest of the five. 
it is also probably the most beautifully made of the five. It is also, in my opinion, the most devastating of the five. And it looks at uh, the pediatric malnutrition wards found in Yemen, where uh, the Saudi Arabia government is essentially um, starving the people in that area. And uh, at times, I felt nauseous while watching this. Um, some of the images are heartbreaking. And I was overcome with emotion at times watching this film. Um, and just thinking about how unfair and unjust our world is in the way that there are children that are starving while we can live our everyday lives and not have to worry that much about it. Um, because whether or not we agree with our government, um, we still know that in most cases we have systems that uh, allow us to feed our people here and keep them nutritious. Um, and I know that's not entirely, we, we have our own problems when it comes to hunger here in the, the United States. Um, but uh, it, it's not as widespread as it is in other parts of the world. And um, this, this film is, is devastating um, in the burden that doctors and people that are working their butts off to try and make lives better uh, that they have to live with. Um, and this is just, this isn't the sort of film that, that you watch to enjoy, but rather to educate and recognize that uh, we, we have to be willing in this country to see people from other countries as equals. And when it comes to giving people a place to survive, we have to be welcoming. Um, that, that's not what this film is all about, but, uh, it really continues to give me perspective about the world that we live in and how we can't be so selfish. Um, when we have so much and others have little to none. Um, I highly recommend watching this film, but be prepared. It is very, very hard to watch. As I said, there are times where I was nauseated by seeing what I, I was watching play out. Um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of, oh, I can't think of what the name of the, the film is from last year. Um, that uh, For Sama, I believe, uh, which was about Syria. And uh, yeah, that was a devastating film as well. Um, so I... Uh, those are the four that I I would not have would not have my vote to win. Um, like I said, Hunger Ward in most years I probably would rank first. Um, but the film that I would rank first is called A Love Song for Latasha.
and uh, this is a film that's on doc. Uh, it's a documentary that's on uh, Netflix. Um, it's just 20 minutes, um, so it's not that long, and uh, it is a film that reflects on the life of a girl who, a 15 year old who, um, was shot and killed in Los Angeles. Uh, when she was being mistaken for shoplifting um, at $2 orange juice, less than $2. And uh, it, it just, I think, really taps into what continues to go on in this country and how um, we need to come to terms with our systemic racism that, that is just built into our everyday lives. And now we have uh, a much greater look into this because um, everything is documented in a way that we can see things and it, it is not being censored. Um, and this has been happening for many, 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 many years. And this was a 1991 event um, that we're only now really digging into because of the platform that we have. Um, but this is the sort of thing that happens every day for uh, members of the black community throughout our country. Um, and it doesn't always have to do with just police. Yeah, we have problems with, the, with police in the black community, but um, it goes beyond that. And uh, I think this film does a really good job of, of really showing this. And uh, it is a celebration of a young black girl's life who had so much promise. And because of the racism that we, we have in our country, her, her promising life was ended um, much too early. Uh, and so this would be my pick. It is the right time. And uh, I believe pretty, I'm pretty sure that this is going to end up um, winning the Oscar for best documentary short. Um, could end up being Hunger Ward, but I think this is going to be it. Now, something I think that is important to note is that all three of the films that I have picked as uh, the likely winners are all Netflix films. Um, I think, number one, they have the platform to be able to, and the money to be able to help these films win. But number two, they're also the ones that spent the money to acquire these films, knowing that how important they are and the messages that they are trying to send. Um, and so I think that both of those kind of uh, coexist together. And I think we're going to see all three of them end up as uh, victors on Oscar night. And they're all, they're all deserving. Um, and, and they all are pretty dang timely. Uh, even if we had voting in the normal time range, I'm not so sure that these films would be as obvious as winners as they are now um, because since things have started to open up a little bit, um, we are now in this window 
where these issues are becoming even more timely than they had been previously. And so uh, we're capturing the voting period and what important issues are being talked about currently, and I think that is going to have an impact on these shorts that uh, we're going to see win. Um, anyway, that is all for today's show. Um, I think shorts are going to become more and more important as uh, streaming services start to acquire them. Uh, I think it gives a platform for a lot of emerging filmmakers to be seen and hopefully to have an opportunity to tell stories um, that often don't get seen. Uh, because they aren't part of the mainstream and hopefully gives a platform for these filmmakers to make feature-length films um, that end up becoming more part of the mainstream uh, because often we we lose uh, a lot of those uh, minority vo voices in the fray of what is considered um, big-time Hollywood and so uh, I think along with the idea of streaming um, that we, we are going to give a platform for a lot more people to have their voice heard. Um, and as sad as it is to watch the uh, theater industry um, suffering as uh, theaters are announcing that they are going to be closing and not reopening, um, it, it's a little bit of a two-edged two blade here. I mean... If you take away uh, the openness of these streaming platforms, you start to squash uh, smaller voices. Um, and so there needs to be a balance. And I am not calling for everything to be on streaming. Um, I think there there's still a place for people going to the theaters. And I will still continue to go to the theaters and... Um, pay to see some of those films there but there needs to be a nice balance in order to uh, get these films to people and allow for uh, minority voices to be heard um, next week next week is the Oscars and so next Sunday I'm going to be releasing my Oscars show it will probably be a pretty long show as I uh, talk about every category I pick my favorites I pick who I think is gonna win and then I will also be talking about some of the snubs some of the films performances uh, and um, technical aspects of film that I think got left out um, that I would have included um, so I'm looking forward to that uh, and the day is here. Uh, this is one of my most favorite, favorite times of the year. And I can't wait to share that with all of you. So until next week, have a great week. And uh, you will hear from me again next Sunday.